Being Reasonable comes to you from the WHUP studios in downtown Hillsboro, North Carolina. I'm Mark Solomon, and you are taking part in Being Reasonable, the weekly conversation show that focuses on how we've arrived on our steadfast views and our desire to know what is true. To participate in this friendly collaboration, all you need is respectfulness and an honest interest in the truth. We can all improve the way we form and consider our beliefs. And we can do so by being reasonable. One, two. Unlike my usual street epistemology conversations, on this week's show, I speak with David, an individual who recently experienced a significant belief change. He was kind enough to share with me some of his experiences and insights. But first, a quick note. My home station, WHUP in Hillsboro, North Carolina, is a unique little station with a far reach. In any given week, we have listeners in over 20 countries. If you listen to WHUP, as you appear to be doing now, then please consider making a donation to our current spring fundathon by heading over to whupfm.org. Being Reasonable proudly supports this effort. And now on with the show. I'm sort of talking to people who were in a religion. Sure. Or a belief. It could be not necessarily a religion. It could be just an entrenched in a belief. Sure. And they were able to extricate themselves from that belief. Sure. And I do this for a few reasons. One, I think it's helpful for others. Yeah. Because you've been there. Absolutely. And it's kind of cool or interesting to hear the process, the journey, and how it happened. And um, and also, I'm really just... Part of it is just my natural um, interest in the sense that I... I'm fascinated about how people, some people, sure. are able to remove themselves from a strong belief system while others seem to have more difficulty doing that. Sure. And I'm really trying to get my head around why that is. What it, what is it what's the secret sauce there um, that um, that's at play? And I have some thoughts about it, but I'm more interested in what your thoughts are about it. Sure. Um, yeah. Maybe we start there. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, it's uh, good to see you, David. And just uh, this is not the first time we're meeting. We've hung out a, a few times. We've had some nice lunches together in town. And, yeah. Uh, and I've enjoyed hanging out with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I was really excited uh, to be able to drop out down here and uh, join in on this. And I've, I've absolutely enjoyed our lunches as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, this... I'm trying to remember how we got... How we... Maybe uh, we got... Like Discord, I think is how we first yeah. initially linked up. That's right. Did you know that I was in town, or how did it work? I'm just trying uh, to remember. You posted your radio station uh, uh, program on yeah. one of the things, or it might have been Reddit. On Reddit, <laughs> yeah, surprisingly. Yeah. And uh, I was listening to your radio station, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm here in Hillsboro. I'm like, oh wow. Oh, that's what it is. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's interesting because sometimes people reach out and. Um, 
and um, I just like to meet people who are in SE and like yourself, and I think it's awesome. Uh, Absolutely. But we're not doing SE today, so maybe we can start from the beginning. Sure. So, I presume you grew up in a religious I did. household. Yeah. Yeah, I um, I grew up primarily with my dad, um, and he was uh, very much religious. Uh, he it was like uh, very much into Christianity specifically, and he was not necessarily someone who was like active in the church, but he wanted me to go all the time and every vacation Bible school in the world that popped up, he dropped me off at. And so I've been to 8 million different churches and it was pretty much assumed my entire life that that's something that I'm going to be a part of and something I'm going to be like almost excel in. Like he was kind of, I think he was hoping for me to work in the church one day. So, uh, like what sect was it that you were raised in? Yeah, I mean, or was it? It's Baptist. Is is the Baptist. simplest answer? Yeah. So you were raised in a in a Baptist home, and yeah. you had a father mm-hmm. who was uh, into re- baptism himself and through his religion. Yeah. And he would really wanted you to be in your religion in the same religion, and he you went to um, Bible study, yeah, million Bible and, studies, churches, yeah, camps, churches, any church yeah. that picked me up from ha- from the house, he'd, he'd be uh, go for it. <laughs> what I'm kind of curious, like what he just. Was it a thought of what he wanted you to specifically gain from doing this? Or is I it, mean, it was, it's the whole world to, to him and people who believe it. I mean, it's like this is this these are is people life. you trust. These are people you can uh, who are going to teach kids to do the right thing. It's going to keep them out of trouble. I mean, it's all sorts of good intentions in all regards. I, I have no ill will towards my dad in that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And your mom was the same way or is it? Uh, my mom wasn't really religious growing up. Um, and they, they split ways when I was young. And she ended up moving to a different state. I'd, I'd see her like during her summers and stuff, but she wasn't really religious at that time. Okay. She's more so now, which is fun. But um. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so you grew up in a religious household, mostly with your dad. Yeah. And you have siblings, or uh, not really, just you and your bunch dad. of friends and daycares. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, so you half up, siblings. It, half siblings. Yeah, I see. So you, with them. So you grew up in a, you grew up in a religious household. And I presume you're not really questioning it that much at this point, or no? I was all in, yeah. um, and I, I mean, I, I enjoyed a lot of it in, in a lot of regard. I made a lot of friends at churches and stuff like that. And uh, whenever I became old enough to want to read books on my own, like I was going to Barnes and Noble and sitting there reading books about it, and uh, really trying to expand my knowledge. I was fascinated by trying to. Uh, it was like. I've always loved people. I've always loved caring about people, how they uh, view life, how they feel value, how they mourn. All these things are very important to me always. I don't know why. Um, and it was like the more I was like studying like, I don't know, like Christian history and I was reading all these like books that were like really poetic about, um, you know, how this is, this is, we're, we're sacrificing our lives to build life for people. And it's, it, it, it really. So you go to Barnes and Noble, and you, and you read mostly Christian related. Yeah, okay. Back yeah. when I was in like middle high school, that's pretty yeah. good because you couldn't get me to read a book. <laughs> yeah. I was waiting for the mall to open so I could go flirt with girls. So. Yeah, I definitely spent a lot of time at malls, but I think I was uh, flirting with girls either. I think I was uh, playing asteroids, but. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're so you're so you're growing up and you're um, 
in a, in a religious household, and even on your free time, when you're going into the going to malls. You're like reading Christian books, and so yeah. you're yeah, you're really into it. And uh, if I remember your story correctly, it seems then like you went to uh, attended a Christian college. I did. Yep, I um, had pretty in- intention to work in some kind of church or uh, nonprofit that was Christian related, and um, I, I studied. Uh, religious studies and discipleship in undergrad and uh, and again fascinated by a lot of the aspects of of how to reach people how to interact with people uh, the history of people doing some good things but uh, it, it, somewhere in there in the middle of that I started reading so much about it that it started to uh, overlap in ways that it was it was hard to reconcile and it was it was like a, a, it was a slow acceptance, but over time I had to like I, I started realizing that well maybe I don't believe this, but I still believe this. Well, maybe I don't believe this too, but you know I still got this. So what what started that initial? You said you had to reconcile, but um, you know, to your through your life up to that point, there was nothing for you to reconcile. It seemed like it seemed like you were you were fine with your beliefs, and it wasn't really challenging you in any. Uh, there was no cognitive dissonance, dissonance in that sense. Sure. What do you remember? Like what started it off, or what? I mean, maybe there's. I mean, if I if I dig really deep, I can think about like kind of being in youth group in high school, and I I worked really extensively with my youth group. I did an internship under a youth pastor. Um, I and so I I knew the nuts and bolts, like the inner workings of how the programs are ran. I was a worship leader, playing guitar, and so I was like it once you kind of get behind the curtain a little bit and see the stage production, it kind of starts to feel a little less organic. If, if you realize like it, you that was seeing how the sausage was made. And, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it, it wasn't necessarily that people aren't being genuine. Um, I, I don't, my, my intention is not to say that people aren't being yeah, genuine, sure, sure. but it's, I was, that was one of my initial thoughts. I think that started making me think about stuff. It was uh, how it's, uh, a bit uh, processed. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it now. It like a lot of my spiritual experiences were very core. Uh, what's the word? I realized that a lot of big emotional moments in my life were were very much part of a production um such as like big christian concert things and swelling music and um something about the production element rubbed you it started rubbing me the wrong way and then so i'm like i'm trying to get down to the grassroots some i I start but you said the people were genuine but something about the production was not i mean it's it's obviously a show and for a lot of the stuff especially when you get into more like modern services and stuff i mean you've you've got literal light technicians and it's there it's a it's a it's a play i mean it's a play designed to what to facilitate a a sense of awe or a sense of reflection a sense of you're feeling you're being manipulated manipulating is is a an accurate word but has a negative context okay don't mean to say that then sure i'm really just trying to understand what it is uh not manipulated, but you thought. So I, I I started to reflect back on the fact that I'm I'm not 
it, it almost feels like I need another person around to experience God or something. I don't know how to describe it. I mean, I, I pray all the time and I felt like I... You need another person, that you needed another person around to experience God and then when you were not there, you didn't experience God? Is that what you're saying? I don't know if I'm saying that. <laughs> okay, and I don't want to bullshit. No, I understand. About. No, I'm, I'm really just trying I'm, to I'm understand. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah. I'm processing this as I go. Yeah. Um. Because hmm. right now I'm literally just shooting from the hip on some thoughts that I had never really processed before. Yeah. Um. Whenever I usually tell people about leaving the faith, it's usually theological theory of you know this, this, and this, and this. <laughs> no, no, and I'm and I get that, and that's has its place too. But I really, um, I'm just very interested and fascinated, like that moment whether it's yeah. a gradual thing or an aha and if it is an aha what was it and what is the piece what you know yeah. and, I, and i know you might not have the answers you sure might, I, i'm not trying to <laughs> not no uh, gotcha yeah, absolutely so. absolutely yeah. <laughs> so so all that's kind of putting a little bit weird taste in my mouth and i go to college and something's not settling right and we'll get back to that yeah but it's just not it's not your sense of what reality is, whatever that was, yeah, that was not driving. Yeah, it, it it felt as though I had to posture myself in a particular way to to be a part of that or something. I don't know to to really experience it, and it, and it's like Did it force yourself. It force yourself is is a way to phrase it, but it's more like. Like, I dated this girl in high school who I brought to church with me, and she didn't want to do the Christian calisthenics, so to speak. Like, she didn't want to stand up whenever, stand she up to sing. Okay. Yeah, yeah okay. and stuff like that. And then, like, trying to convince her to do it made me realize, well, holy crap, I uh, I've, I just do a lot of this stuff without thinking about it. She was questioning why you were doing certain things. Yeah. And... And made you maybe that's part of it, and made you question some of it. Yeah. Okay. But then, I mean, I still continued on for many years, and I I made it all the way through undergrad pretty much. Yeah. Um, for the most part, maybe like my senior year. What did you study then? I I was uh, religious studies, discipleship, psychology, and sociology minors. So you're going to be a pastor. I or? was going to work in a pastor, youth pastor, worship leader, wow. nonprofit, something like that. I, I did an internship with a Christian university, that Christian organization, nonprofit. So um, whatever it is, it's growing in college. It's yeah. this I mean, sense. I, it, I, 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 I used it the best I could at the time. God, I don't like that phrase. Hmm. All right. So, going through it i am i'm learning i'm studying and i'm trying to teach it I, like i'm running like a little college yeah. group and i'm sitting here trying to do research trying to say like here's oh here's a nice parallel for reality i mean here's yeah uh you know the winter solstice and it's the darkest night of the year and then the after the winter solstice is the 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 first day of spring yeah yeah you know some metaphor something something i don't know okay uh and it's not particularly relevant. I'm just saying the kind of stuff I was thinking about all the time. Trying to, trying to find metaphors and trying to find uh, history to, to, to make practical things to inspire people. And 
I I ran into like some questions I ran into like um, stuff like is the Garden of Eden a literal story in the Bible? And okay. a lot of people don't believe it's a literal story. A lot of people believe it's like just a metaphor that was used for folklore, basically to try to tell teach a moral lesson to the communities around them. So while in school, you were started questioning some of the stories in the Bible, whether they were literal or whether they're meant to be an allegory or something. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Absolutely. And it's like, okay, I think I accepted that. I think it's just an allegory because I mean, it just really doesn't make sense for two people to, to be the only people around. They have kids and then who, where do the other kids come from? Where do the rest of the people come from? It's pretty gross to think about. So your sense of logic or rationality, wasn't matching up. Yeah. With that. And, but that was fine at the time because, you know, I, ultimately what I cared about was Jesus. What I cared about was um, the the message of uh, loving your enemies, the message of uh, a, a transformed world through forgiveness and, and, and new systems. Um, Let me ask you this. Yeah. How do you know things, and is it the way you've always gone about knowing things do you have a rational logical sense about you is that how you've always known things or maybe not or is it a you know spiritual what's described to me as spiritual or feeling or sense or faith or how have you know sure yeah I I tend to take pretty quick assessments and make actions based on what I find usually pretty quickly and, and pretty strongly but don't think about it much afterwards <laughs> say it again you uh... I I like to think I'm super logical I might be logical on the on a quick, fast thought. Okay. But I often can be not methodological. And I, I, I can be emotionally charged, I think. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. I didn't mean to stop you. So, um, yeah. So we're, so we're in college and yeah. so, so things aren't driving right. Adam, Adam and Eve, not literal, not. So okay. then you got, that story has what they, the original sin. And so do you believe that the original sin is allegory or something real or like uh, the sin basically? Yeah. Um, and so it's like, does, uh, if there's no Adam and Eve, there's no original sin. Does that mean that Jesus died for something that's not original sin? So you start, so you're starting from this one part, like Adam and Eve, doesn't seem like the two of them existed as a as two people yeah. on earth and from there spokes came out of the wheel yeah it, it started i started running into the, to some barriers especially between adam and eve jesus the devil and heaven Th- those are the ones that all started c- connected basically it was i started questioning stuff like there's the story of satan and some people believe that satan is just not a literal person. Some people believe he's a literal person and he's basically a second God, but he's evil. So you didn't think that he was a, there was a 
entity yeah. called Satan and okay. Yeah, it's like is there a entity that is literally at all places at all times just trying to whisper in your ear to do bad things? Gotcha. Um and if so, like does that mean he has free will? So that didn't sense right. So that didn't jive with the sense of reality, whatever right, okay. And gotcha. I, I started struggling with the concept of free will in 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 Christianity. Because like does Satan have free will to not tempt people or whatever right. does do, can you be in can you get to heaven and still have free will to leave like the story of satan and lucifer yeah. and the angels that got cast down right so if you have that opportunity to do that okay. let's say you you can still leave when you're up there or you can still rebel or whatever the word is the things weren't making sense yeah were, did you were you talking to anybody about this at the time were you uh is this keeping this to yourself or is it maybe with some friends but I can see being difficult to talk about in in a religious school. That, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked to some professors after I'd already kind of made up my mind. Okay. And they were – they didn't really want to go down the rabbit hole with me. They didn't want to do that. Okay. Yeah, they were more like, I think you're thinking too much basically. <laughs> that's, what they, that's what they told my wife, think one it. of them, that we really respected and we were very frustrated that that was their answer as a professor. I think you're thinking too much. Can think about it. All right. Um, so, by the time you left left college, where were you on this? Well, I graduated and I was interviewing to be a worship leader at a place. Um, and I got up on stage and started singing, and I was like, "Well, I can't do this. <laughs> this just feels wow. not real. I, I'm I uh, I feel like I'm faking this." Wow. And that was one of the the big moments I remember. Um, was there uh, okay? So you you can trace it down to that moment. Yeah. And did you at that point keep it to yourself? Or did you were you talking about this with your wife or or? Yeah, coincidentally, my wife was going through a similar deconstruction. And you knew this at the time. We were not dating at that. Well, we were. I see. We started dating, and then we both hit like a a pinnacle point at which we had to talk to each other about it. Wow. And she was afraid I was going to leave her. Wow. Okay. And, uh, but we, it was such a great coincidence that we both were hitting that point. So you had each other to rely on. We did. I could see that being helpful and not making it as difficult to make that change. Yeah. But how was it with other friends and family? Yeah, we, we ended up going around telling uh, the people close to us and our friends and family. Um, my parents, I don't think they believe me or think it was a phase or something. And I, I said something like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out. And like my dad like latched to that. Like right. he, he latched onto that and he almost pretends that conversation never happened. Okay. Yeah, so you so. really had kind of one conversation with him and then – that was that. Yeah. I mean, every once in a while, he's like... Uh, How long ago are we talking about here? This is years at this point. Wow, okay. And every once in a while, he'll talk about like, uh, yeah, you're going to take your kids to church? and uh, Okay. And it's like, eh. But right. my dad's a good guy. I, I'm, I'm yeah, not trying to yeah. like burn him in this sure, way. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but it's just interesting that, you know, I've talked to other people that once this decision is made, then there's certain conversations that can't be had or not had as... Yeah. And uh, 
Have you ever thought, considered trying a street epistemology conversation with him? Or is that something that's off the table right now? Every once in a while, he'll come and help babysit my kids. And uh, we've had some late night conversations, uh, but never a formal yeah. uh, sit down like that. And and honestly, I I don't know. I don't I don't know if I even want him to see this because it's like, yeah, my it, it works for him. Like it's yeah, it, it, for the most part, it it doesn't have that much toxic behavior in him. Yeah. Um. And I don't know if it's worth like why introduce extra. Strife um, and strife yeah. in the relationship. I, I yeah, and it just in his life, because yeah. it it was miserable deconstructing. Like it it was. I I went to depression through it. Like oh, it uh, it was okay. difficult because I mean I had to reinvent my entire self. What what was the hardest part about it? Would you I, say it's. I, we will continue our conversation with David who recently experienced a significant belief change right after this short break. It's WHUP's Spring Funathon. To contribute, please visit whupfm.org and click the donate button. And thank you for supporting Independent Radio. miserable deconstructing like it it was I, I went to depression through it like oh, it uh, okay. it was difficult because i mean i had to reinvent my entire self what, what was the hardest part about it would you I, say it's i i had to i had to, i went from i'm destined for great things i'm um, I've got an advocate for me. I, the opportunity is going to come at any moment, like at to all doors, always be aware that there's something working around you to, all right. It was like a life safety net. Yeah, it, it was, yeah. it was quite a safety net. It was a sense of direction. It was a purpose. And I had to make a new one. I had to, I had to find new meaning in life. I had to find new purpose. And, and a lot of my values didn't change, honestly. Like, I mean, I, like I said, I, I I've always cared about people. Yeah. I've always cared about people feeling like they matter. 
and the same person, but you didn't. The difference was you, there was not some entity, yeah, in guiding you, and that you there's this greater thing for you specifically that you yeah. needed to do. Okay. Yeah, and that, I mean, that was tough. I mean, you told your whole life. I mean, it's just yeah. it's it's almost feels like getting divorced or cheated on or something. I don't know. It's yeah. like everything that you thought was true was like a lie, and then you, every positive association has a little bit of a burn to it. Um, yeah. So I don't know. But, but you're still fundamentally the same person, and you're, you're doing good things and trying, and you know, like we all do. Yeah. <laughs> Probably cuss more now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, well, that's the worst thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, interesting. Yeah. Do you regret it? Sometimes. It's, yeah. it was a lot easier back then. I mean, I, I had less responsibility. I had, um, uh, easier friendship gathering. I had something to do every week, multiple you had times. A sense of community? Yeah, I mean, I, I had to burn a certain amount of community because, I mean, I, I could go to church still, but I'd have to, like, shut up. <laughs> I'd have to keep my mouth shut the whole time and not ask questions yeah. and, and pretend and have to go through some motions that I, that I know don't feel real for me. And, I mean, there, it's a certain amount of transaction there. I mean, it's um, people go and they expect people to, to perform a certain amount, like what they do with everything. You go to uh, a game. I mean, you, you're expected to like cheer. You go to um, I, I can't think of any, but it's everything's a performance. I mean, we we all act a certain way when we go in certain stores, certain restaurants. I mean, that's that's fine. It's just a performance I don't want to make. So, how many years has this been? Probably six, seven. Okay. Uh, at this point, I don't even know. Okay. It's getting further away. You know, my sense is that you're obviously you've overcome quite a bit, and um, you went through a period of depression, and you're, you're on the other side, and you're and you're doing well. And so I don't, I'm not trying to take that from you, but I think what I'm thinking is that I, I get the sense that you're still going through it. It's unfortunate. But, I mean, I still think about this stuff all the time. I'm still watching content about theology and uh, people discussing this kind of stuff. I, I mean, a lot of my friends, like, what, what I think about all the time is, is there a, a string of words, a phrasing that can bring somebody to the point at which they aren't bound to this, but it doesn't have to rip off of them it doesn't pull the skin when it comes off there were definite benefits from being in the religion there was community and then there was the sense of purpose yeah that it gave you and a sense of destiny maybe and sure. um and those were you saw as positive things in your life and unfortunately you saw them as not the fundamental basics of the religion you saw them as not true and no matter how much you enjoyed or liked or appreciated or benefited from this extra stuff, sure, the basis of it, you didn't see matching with reality. So you, you, you couldn't believe a belief that you couldn't believe. Yeah. Yeah. And what's the toothpaste is out of the tube, so to speak. Yeah. You couldn't get it back in. And yeah. And, and 
I got a lot of friends who are still religious and family and stuff like that, and I I don't know if I want some people to have to go through this. It, it's because I mean it's. Once you start looking back on some of the things that you kind of went through, how how your behaviors escalated to more and more strange behavior, just because in context it was only this much more. But in reality, like if you were to start right there, it's like way up here. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, it, pretty culty. Yeah, um... That's something I think about, you know, when um, I'm talking to people who have uh, a strong faith and they come talk to me and they, uh, we're talking and we're doing street epistemology and and they're saying they're perfectly fine talking to me about this, about this stuff and uh, they want to believe things true out of seven out of seven. And, but I do think about that, you know, the underpinnings of when I do try to ask those questions, the underpinnings of this if you know your belief was taken away or not taken away, you've taken your belief, your own belief away. Sure. Um, you know how would your life change? You'd be a better person. You'd be a worse person. And and um, usually people tell me that they don't think they'd fundamentally change, but it seems like there are things that fundamentally change. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I, to me, it's all about core values, and most of the time that gets whitewashed with. Phrases like, I mean, it's like, well, the Bible or Jesus is their core values. Yeah. But, I mean, there's a million different ways to interpret the Bible or Jesus' teachings. So it really comes down to what parts do you care about that, that Jesus or the Bible says. And then if, if those things are still applicable on a practical sense, I mean, one, if you strip that away, if you, if you take away the dressing of um, attaching it to a, an authority, does, does it make sense – outside of someone telling you that it's the best thing. Yeah. Um, Because a lot of people just grow up saying, well, whatever the Bible says is the best thing because it's what the Bible says, and that's what God says, and he's the ultimate authority. You don't question it. If I could give you a button. Yeah. And if you press this button, you'd be the same person, but the the difference is, is that you would be back to yourself in the sense that you were in high school where... um, you were all in. You um, you believed. You believed it. You weren't questioning, and you had that sense of community, and you sure. had um, that sense of awe. I think you mentioned, and um, and you know your life is basically the same it is now, but you would have back to that sense and that back to that way of knowing things. Sure. Would you? Do you think you'd press that button? Oops, sorry. I mean, probably. I mean, that's just that's free knowledge, free. I mean, free, free experience. You press that button. <laughs> if I'm the same as I am now, that's just adding. <laughs> but <laughs> so, and you would so you'd go back to believing. The I'm belief. pretty sure I'd figure like figure it out the same way I am now eventually. But uh, yeah, it'd be nice to pretend for a little bit. I mean, <laughs> yeah. But at the same time. I don't know. It's, it's, it's an interesting hypothetical because I, I don't know how I'd be the same person if I believe that anymore. Yeah, I, yeah, I get that. I do. I think um, uh, 
it seems to boil down to that. I mean, you can't believe a belief that you can't believe. Yeah. Yeah. You don't believe it. You don't believe it. Yeah. And, uh, I mean. But I sympathize with a lot of people who do, mainly because I can, I can align myself with the values that are independent of that, if that makes sense. And I, and I, and I think that some people, I mean, we, we build mental barriers to kind of protect ourselves from having to hit cognitive dissonance to, to hit that stage of that gut feeling where everything feels awful and like, oh man, it's shaking our foundations of things. I mean, we, we build mental barriers to prevent those kind of things from happening. So we don't just accidentally see a picture of something and fall over. We stop ourselves from going the road yeah. you took. We, yeah. we, we have guardrails in place mm-hmm. where when we get too close to the guardrails, something happens, pushes us back into yeah. the, to the belief. So we're all in line with the belief and yeah. we're in line with our families and our communities and our friends and yeah. we're on the, why you? Why, why, what was it about you? you? You had friends, you went to school with people. I mean, what you're telling me, my assumption is, is that it is not the norm. It is the outlier. Yeah, it, it is. Why you? I'm not sure. I think part of it was I was able to not live in a household that required it of me. That was a little easier. I mean, once I got out and moved to college, it, I mean, I know I went to a Christian school and stuff, but there was plenty of non-Christian stuff. I didn't want to mess with it, even though I was literally playing at churches on Wednesdays, running a small group on Thursdays, <laughs> running a Sunday school on Sunday. Uh, um, I was I was pretty jam-packed and then taking religious studies classes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you're, uh, you're like in religious classes, you go to religious school, you're like... But I mean... It's not satisfying for me. It's not. It's... <laughs> I, you know, I get to this point with other people in the conversation. It's like... And I think it's... Something about you specifically, but I feel like people make when we were talking about earlier, like the roadblocks or like the the walls to prevent that. I think what we do is is we don't actually get to the wall. We have detours in front of the wall that say like if this topic comes up, use this source, take you over here. Yeah, instead. right. Sure, sure, and sure, sure. I think thanks to a short attention span. I probably accidentally forgot the turn. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So we're saying something about you. I don't know. And we couldn't replicate this, you know, because, and um, I just, it's the notion that if people are believing untrue things or beliefs that happen not to be true, um, it would be nice if they didn't believe them. I, I honestly think, going back to this, I think I had the freedom to not believe it and not have to pretend because I was getting out of, I got out of the atmosphere that made me pretend like one of my best friends went to the same programs I did, helped run the same Sunday school things that I did, helped run the same college ministry, played in the worship bands with me. Like we literally had like the same schedule for like two years. Um, great guy. Absolutely respect this man. Um, but he mostly ended up still in Christianity um, and when I catch him on his, on, on some days, he'll, he'll kind of admit like, 
man, a lot of this just feels like bullshit. But at the same time, he his his wife's Christian, his family's Christian. Um, so it's like he he can't just yeah turn it. He can't just look at something else. Sure, it's part of. Part more of an ingrained identity with him, I guess, at this point. It and is. He and, and he it, couldn't just change the belief. He'd have to change other elements of his life. And, and, yeah, and he'd have that. to... So how did you get involved in street epistemology or just coming across it then? I I mean, you, I, I live on YouTube. Like, I I just put YouTube videos on in the background every day yeah. and listen to stuff. I, I probably... Um, I was watching a lot of... How'd that all start? I think one of these like atheist channels something like holy kool-aid or um one of these what are the ones where they draw drawings and stuff but I'm sure <laughs> either way non-stamp collector it's a it's an old one um that led to the atheist experience call-in show and i was fascinated by that show because it's like okay here we go let's give it a fair shot let people talk it out okay and it was usually very weak opponents calling into the show and i was very frustrated by that but then after a while i was like are these people really weak or is that just the actual ideas right i see and that was getting frustrating and then at some point street epistemology popped up and i fell in love with street epistemology because it wasn't this brash like in your face yeah like uh you're an idiot for thinking what you're thinking no it was like look we're here life is crazy let's Let's try to talk about what we believe and why we believe it. Yeah, and attraction it, about it too. Yeah. Absolutely, and I fell in love with like a little Anthony Magnabosco's content, in which he was non-confrontational. He was he was asking people, giving them the chance to discuss their beliefs, and and really just getting them to expand their thoughts, as opposed to saying, "Well, what about this?" Or you know, "This that's wrong because of this." Yeah. It wasn't. It that's wrong because of this. It's so. If if this was the case, how does that affect your belief? And let them discuss it. Now, obviously, you know that street epistemology. I mean, you're you're doing great with it. And I um, that, that's why I'm watching your videos and talking to you half the time now. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I just fell in love with that because it, it felt like people working together to yeah, to talk yeah. about stuff. Because that's what I want. That's Me literally too. what I want to do. Is yeah, I want to find a way to help people actually interact because we talk past each other all the time i'm with you i want to step back from the brink that way absolutely yeah well i mean this is a wonderful conversation and um um i don't know what i expected but i think it's just a very different conversation than than i've had with other people not that it was better or worse but just um i just I i find it fascinating and but more importantly i think i find it useful yeah and I think I find it useful because people tell me it's these are these are helpful. That street epistemology is very helpful because of what you just described, but also hearing the journey you took is also helpful. Um, I don't know if it gives people permission. I don't know if it people identify with what you're going through and they see themselves and what you're going through. Um, I don't know. If it's like street epistemology in the sense that it helps the reflection, it helps the self-talk yeah. to yourself of like, 
why do I believe what I, this is another another way to kind of say well why do I believe what I believe sure and street epistemology is just one way to do that and and then hearing somebody else who you identify might be another way um, but I um, I'm really happy you're and I really am glad to know you we've known each other for like I guess about a year now yeah and, uh, absolutely and I want to continue going and uh, joining you for lunches and stuff and I uh, hope we get to do that soon absolutely yeah Absolutely. I'm really grateful for this interview. Like, uh, yeah. I had not had to put my thoughts together in a presentation in a minute, so to speak. And yeah. so this is, this is a bit of process of un- unpacking this. And I, I do appreciate this. Like, yeah, absolutely. I, like, I do hope that people can, can hear this and, and see, like, because I mean, it gets scary whenever you unpack everything, you pull everything back, and there's just the void. It's yeah. like the it went from everything is on purpose to nothing's on purpose. Right. But then then eventually you'll come back to it's it's not that there's a purpose being given to us, but there's a purpose we get to make and it's what You're defining we, it. We get to define it and yeah. you go from what is it like existential nihilism to absurdism and yeah. it's like nothing matters to hey, nothing matters. Right. So let's 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 care for each other. Right. I see what you're saying. Like, yeah, we're on this earth for a short time. Let's, you know, do something that let's cause, help each other flourish in some way. Yeah. Yeah, because everybody, everybody's struggling. Everybody's trying to figure it out. And it's, it's exhausting, like trying to find a way to to exist i mean we literally live in a i'm starting to go off again sorry but uh uh, we live in a society in which like everything's about performance it used to have like just traditional roles it was like oh you were a brother you were a son you uh worked at a steel mill and like you provided for your family and for the most part you might be funny or you might be smart or you might be tough it was like it was pretty simplified roles in society right but now we're so such a commodified society at which literally like our children have to learn to build a, a profitable identity to exist. They have to present themselves in a way that says, Hey, I matter. This is, I'm interesting enough to be paid attention to. Yeah. There's, I know there's a million other things to look at. You can look at your phone. You can look at this. There's yeah. a million other people. It is weird that way. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I'm here saying it's weird way, and here I am. Uh, here yeah. we are making content. But, it is. Absolutely. But, uh, <laughs> But no, that is weird. Um, so I just yeah. I want to find a way to tell people they matter, like whether yeah. they perform or not. Right. Well, thanks, David. Absolutely. We'll talk soon again. Appreciate you. Yeah. yeah. From the WHUP studios in downtown Hillsboro, North Carolina, I'm Mark Solomon, and you've just listened to another episode of Being Reasonable. Questions? Thoughts? Connect with us at beingreasonableshow.com. See you next week.
Now that's what I call funky. Something is what something used to be Guess it's better than something 